even to those on social media. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship. We thank you for joining us with our Saturday night message. Um, we just pray that we have been a blessing to you through sharing the word of God with you through social media. And we always encourage you to, um, you can respond to us with prayer requests or anything you need, you know, reach out with to our um, website, leave a prayer request, whatever. Um, whatever way we can help meet your need. We just want to be a blessing to those who listen to us. But we want to continue um, talking about uh, why we need God's word. You know, often say that, you know, you can never get enough of God's word. But um, if you are don't have a steady diet of God's word and if you are not, you know, constantly seeking him, then you're going to be lacking in the area. And we need God's word to help us as we go through different things in our lives. And the word of God is the answer. And you may be asked, well, how's the word of God? Well, we've been talking about how God's word is. If you want to know the truth, it is the truth. It has power. It sustains us. You know, it, it has everything that we need in it. And we have to learn how to apply the word of God. But we ha it has to be a steady diet. It has to be um, something that's in our life on a daily basis. And, you know, maybe you um, you don't do that. And my encouragement is to start today. You know, start immediately just getting God's word and the word of God to speak to you. But we've been talking about different ways of why we didn't need God's word. Okay, but and tonight we want to answer that question. Well, why do we need God's word? And we need God's word. Tonight we're going to talk about we need God's word to help us overcome temptation. Okay, temptation, you're going to experience that. You know, you're going to experience temptation on a daily basis. We, the enemy is always tempting us to get away from the things of God. Okay. He wants to get away. He wants to distract us. He wants us to get a fed away from God's purpose and plan for life as he possibly can. He wants us to cause us to stumble and fall. So we're going to be tempted on a daily basis. Okay. The enemy is always trying to tempt us. Okay. So. Let me read this one verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse 13. And then we're going to talk about this verse more in detail as we get into our, our lesson tonight. But it says here, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, when you attempt it, uh, he will show you a way out. So here's a promise here. So we, that God knows that we're going to be tempted. But in this verse says, when you are tempted, um, he's going to show you a way out of it. So here's a promise here. So getting to the lesson says, when we are tempted to take the wrong path, um, we can stand on God's word. Okay. So when you're tempted to go the wrong way, you and I, can stand on God's word. We all face temptation at some point. Even Jesus did. Out in, out in the wilderness, the enemy tempted Jesus three times, but each time he replied using scripture. He chose to declare God's truth rather than give in 
to the enemy's temptation. So Jesus was our example here. Jesus showed us how to deal with temptation in the wilderness when the enemy was tempting him, okay? Tempting him three times. It says, if you said you're the son of God, you know, turn these stones into bread. He was tempting Jesus. And Jesus showed us how to deal with temptation. Now, Maya, I want to say this. Jesus showed us how to deal with temptation at our at your weakest point physically because physically he hadn't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights so at his weakest point he fought off temptation how did he do that he dealt with it by declaring god's truth is it rather than giving in to the enemy's temptation declare god's truth he replied with scripture with temptation and so he gives us the answer here of how to deal with temptation. You may be saying, well, how do I deal with temptation? I'm struggling with something. I'm constantly being tempted by this and that and the things, you know, and, you know, we often give in to the appetites of our flesh. But he gives us the answer here and says, "He, how did, he, how did Jesus deal with it? He responded with scripture. Okay, he responded, he gave the enemy the scripture, the truth about God's word. And we got to do the same thing. Rather than giving in to enemies uh, temptation, we got to declare the truth of God's word over our life. So when we are feeling tempted, we need to do the same thing. Okay, we need to be memorizing Bible verses so that we know what to declare when we're tempted to go the wrong path. Okay. Here's what the psalmist said. I love what David says in Psalms 119, verse 11. He says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now you say, but what does that mean? David says, hey, I'm going to hide God's word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What does that mean? What is hiding? Because when I looked at that, I said, well, okay, Lord, what is hiding your word in my heart means it means memorizing and meditating on scripture. David says, I'm going to meditate and memorize scripture. So when temptation comes, because it's going to come, when temptation comes, I have memorized and I've meditated on scripture and I'm going to respond to this temptation by declaring the truth of God's word. No, I know what the enemy wants me to do. I know what the enemy is telling me to do, but God's word says this. Let's go back to the beginning because he said he will give you a way of escape. Well, how are you going to know how to escape if you don't know the truth of God's word? He's going to give us a way of escape. So David says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. He says, because I memorize and meditate on scripture, he says, I have the ability not to sin against God because I took time memorizing and meditating on scripture. This is why you need to understand. This is why it's important. We need God's word so that when temptation comes, we'll be strong enough to be able to handle it. We need to store up God's word in our hearts and minds so we're prepared to face temptation. So you need to prepare to face it. If you understand that you're going to face temptation, be prepared for it. 
Okay. Preparation is everything. Okay. If you want to fail, just don't prepare. Just don't prepare. You know something is coming. If you know something is coming, you know something is going to happen. You prepare for it. You make preparation for things. And this is what, you know, you're not going to be successful by mistake when you when you live this Christian life. You got to prepare for the enemy to tempt you on a daily basis. He's going to come against you. He wants you to fall. So we need to store God in the heart and mind so we don't, so we're prepared to face this. So, so we're going to deal with some scriptures here. Here's some, some scriptures that we can stand on. Okay, we can stand on when we face in temptation. Okay, now we, I'm going to go into more detail. But I'm going to read a little bit more of this one. Um, I'm going to go back. The first one we said, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I'm going to go back to kind of give you um, some foundation of what this scripture comes from. Because what we read is, and I'm going to read it. Let me read it from the uh, King James, and we, we misinterpret this scripture. I'm going to go read in 13. Uh, it says here, there have no temptation taken you that is such as common to man, but God is faithful. He who suffers you to be tempted above, for, for he who would not suffer you to be tempted above that you that you are able. But when we are tempted, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, what we do is we take that scripture and says, well, hey, and I know maybe you grew up on this, but I grew up on this. Where the Lord put it on you, you can bear it. And so this is not what that is saying. It's not saying God put these temptations on you. Okay, God don't put temptation on you. You know, we may say, well, God allow it to make me stronger. Well, it's, like I said, as long as you live in this fallen world, you're going to be tempted. It's not God saying, well, you know what? I'm going to do this to make you stronger. No, God does not tempt. Even James, God says, you read James first chapter, it says, God tempts no man. Okay, God is not tempting you to make you strong or putting problems in your life. So you can bury, say, well, if God put it on, you can bury. God's not putting things, problems, and all kinds of temptations on you. He's not doing that. So let's go back and read. I'm going to read it from the NIT, NLT, excuse me. Let's go back to verse one and look at the foundation. We're talking about temptation. Well, what are we talking about? We're talking about temptation. It says here, read from verse one. It says, I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by the cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on dry land. In the cloud and in the seas, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food, and all of them drank the same spiritual water, for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Yet God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. So we see here, he's giving an example of the children of Israel, where they were out in the wilderness, and Notice he said they ate from the same food. They all had the same thing, spiritual, same water. But notice five said he won't please them because, remember, they was tempted in the wilderness and they fell. So we're saying here that, hey, 
they had everything they need. Okay, it was no, all of them were exposed to the same thing, the same spiritual water, the same spiritual food, and explained the same rock, which was Jesus, but he won't please with them. Let's go, let's start back. We read one through five, let's read and start with six. It says, these things happen as a warning to us. And listen to what Paul said, he says, hey, they were tempted. He said, now these things are warning to us so that we wouldn't, not crave evil things as they did. See, you crave, we crave evil things. Our flesh crave for things. And so he says, this is a warning. He says the same way they were tempted. He says, this is a, I want to warn you. The temptation is coming, but don't fall for it. He says, these things happen as the one to, one to us so that, that we would not crave evil things they did or worship idols as some of them did. So they was tempted to worship idol gods, do things. Um, it says, as the scripture says, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan revelry. This is the temptation. They were tempted to worship idol gods. And it goes on to say in verse 8, and we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 22,000 of them to die in one day. So they was tempted by sexual immorality. So maybe I'm speaking to you. You're tempted by sexual immorality, whatever sexual element, you know, whatever category, whether it's, it's homosexuality, lesbianism, whether it's heterosexual sex outside of marriage, uh, anything that goes against the word of God. He says, we're going to be tempted with those things. You may be tempted with things. He says, hey, this is the, that's what this is what Israel did. And he says, hey, this is the one in us. Don't be tempted by sexual immorality. Don't be tempted by worshiping idol God. He said, nor should we, this is verse nine, nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and then die from snakebite. So they tempted God, they tested God. They was grumbling, he said, and don't grumble as some did when, and then were destroyed by death angels. So they was complaining. So you can be tempted to complain. And we all are guilty of that. Okay. You can be tempted to complain. Okay. These things happen to them. Verse 11, excuse me. These things happen to, to them as an example to us. Okay. They were written down to warn us who live in the end of the age. So he says, God on purpose, wrote these things down. He allowed man to write these things down as an example of us that, hey, temptation, when you're tempted with these things, don't give in to them. Don't be fooled by the enemy, okay, with these things. And of course, there's many more other things you can be tempted, you know, whether it's tempted with, as I said, you know, sexual morality, um, you know, tempted with money to be, to chase after money, all these things that we, so many things we can be tempted with. And God is saying, he He wrote this down, aspired man to write it, so that we can warn us, let us know. Then it goes on to say, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. Don't think you're so strong now that you can't fall. Don't think that you so strong in Christ that the enemy can't deceive you. So be careful. Okay. 
think you so strong you can't know the enemy can get any of us if we're not um connected to god's word that's what we're talking about if you don't think you need god's word if you don't think you need to spend any time with god's word studying god's word meditating on god's word memorizing god's word then you know you're deceiving yourself and the enemy that's what he wants he wants us to think that way think well you know what you know maybe you're saying i don't need church well, I don't need to be a part of a connect group. I don't need, you know, to be around church people. You know, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. Yeah, and that's fine. Maybe you are. But the enemy, still, I always say, y'all may have, may have often heard me say, you know, you may have eternal life, which is given by seven Jesus Christ, but you're not living the abundant life that God promised you. Why? Because you're constantly allowing the enemy to tempt you and distract you and just get you away from the thing of God. And you, you're not experiencing the abundant life that Jesus promised you on earth. Why? Because you're allowing yourself to be tempted and caught up in things of this world. Okay. And that's not what God don't want that. But it says here, so it says here, if 12, it says, you think you, you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. Then we go to 13, it says, the temptation in your life is no different from what others experience. Your temptation is no different. I want to speak to somebody right now and says, you may be thinking you're experiencing something totally different from somebody else. But he says here, your temptation in your life is no different from what others experience. Okay. It's no different than anybody else. Okay. It's the same trick. The enemy plays the same trick and just come in different packages. He just wrap it up differently. Same thing. That's all he does. It's the same trick. But don't think it's no different. Your, your, your situation is no more unique than anybody else's situation. Okay. It's no more unique. It says, but it says here, but God is faithful. That's what I love about God. He is faithful. He is faithful. What do you mean? It says he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. He said, God, I've, I've given you. I've equipped you. How does he equip us? Through the word. I gave you everything you need in the word to be able to withstand temptation. He's equipped with everything for every aspect or every area of your life. He has an answer and he has equipped us. He did it all through Jesus Christ. What is grace? Grace is a person and his name is Jesus. He's equipped us. So he says, hey, he's faithful. And he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can do it. So here's a question. Are you taking the way out? Because it says, this is the promise. God says, when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can do it. So the problem is not that God is not providing a way. The problem is, are you taking the way out that he's given you? He said he'll provide a way out of temptation. he give you everything you need. And you're not going to know the way out unless you know his word, unless you spend time in his word. You're not going to know how to get out of situations, what the word says about this. You're not going to know. Now, you can deny. Sometimes what happens is God gives us a way out. But we don't take it. We reject it. We turn away from it. We ignore it. We um maybe you are more uh 
concern about culture being accepted being you know with the peer pressure to come being accepted by your peers you know maybe you you are caught up in that and so what happens is is maybe you and and this happened to us is that we are getting um our minds of being changed to the culture of this day okay and you're caught up in the culture's way of doing things why because you want to be accepted and you want to be liked and you want to be popular and you want to you know fit in but it says it but and this is when you when we uh, want to be those things we're not going to take the way out that god gives us we're not going to take the way. we're going to take the way of the world and that's not and that's going to get you in trouble you're going to find yourself um further away from god than you plan why because you are not taking the way out that god has given you and so we don't want to do that. And so I just want to do it because like I said, that scripture gets um, really twisted. And we say, well, God put it on me. You, If God put it on you, you can bear it. And we be talking about God put sickness on us and God put these problems on us and God put all these circumstances on us. And we say, well, if it's on you, you can bear it. No, he didn't put it on you. You need to understand we serve a good God. We have a good father. Because let me say this to you. And some of you may be saying, well, what do you mean God don't put stuff on us? You know, no, he does not. Because let's look at this in the natural. Okay. Maybe you're a father, your mother, whatever case it be. Or let's just look at the example of father, mother. What good father? Because God is our father. Let's look at it from the aspect of a father. What good father would put problems on their children? Because even the scripture says, and I forgot where, I believe it's in Matthew, it says, it says in the scripture, if a child asks for bread, will the father give him a snake? You know, or give him a stone rather. You know, otherwise, will a, if a child asks for something good, will the father give him something bad to teach him a lesson? To try to make sure, you know, a good father provides the best for his children. He always wants the best. He's going to give them the best regardless. If they ask, that he's going to provide. A good father is not going to allow, he's not allowing bad things to happen to his children so he can teach them a lesson. No, a good father, if he can protect his children, he's going to, he's going to protect them. His job is to protect. To protect. That's the job of a father, to protect his children. Okay? The same way your earthly father, if you got a good father, will protect you from danger, from bad things. I don't know about you, but I, I don't want my, I didn't want my kid when it was small. Even now, I try to do my best to protect my kids out of harm's way. So how does God, how the same way that I would do that for my children, your heavenly father wants to protect you from danger, from things that are going to hurt you. That's what he wants the best for you. As I said, now in this fallen world, you're going to experience things. As I said before, you're going to experience temptation. But the Heavenly Father has given us the word, the word of God to protect us. Now, no, doesn't mean that you're not going to ever go through anything, but he's given us the word to protect us. Okay. To protect us from harm's way. Okay, so let's look at this scripture. 
we've dealt we just dealt with first corinthians chapter 10 1 through 13. now let's look in philippians chapter 4 verse 13. notice that the it says i can do all things through him who strengthens me you can do all things okay now what is that scripture talking about it said when just to give a little background paul was talking about the circumstances that he was going through all the things all the the trouble and tribulation that he was going through the enemy was coming after him and because he's preaching the gospel and he was given he's being oppressed and being very persecuted by people who didn't believe but he said you know and when you go through hard times like that when people are persecuting you you trouble they're the temptation to quit maybe i'm talking to you right now you they're the temptation you say i want to quit i want to give in i just don't see how things gonna work out i quit but he says i can do all things through him who strengthens me so when you attempt to quit this is a good scripture to go to here philippians 4 13 i can do all things through him who gives me strength he will give you the strength to go through that to handle that temptation to resist that temptation you, you may be praying now. You, you can pray now. Father, give me strength to go through this so I don't give in to this temptation. And he will respond to you. He will respond to you. But the scripture does say if you ask not, you have not because you ask not. So ask God to give you strength to go through or to handle the temptation that come your way on a daily basis. Now let's look at also, um, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5. Um, verse 8 to 9. Notice it says, be alert and be sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowled around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in faith because you know that, that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So notice what he says here. Peter's talking to the church. He says here, be alert. You got to be alert. Understand the tricks of the enemy now. Be alert. Be sober-minded. That's what that means. Be alert. Be aware. Be focused. Because it says the enemy, he's going around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And he's looking for you. He's looking for me. I heard somebody say, he says, hey, the enemy is looking for someone to devour. So take yourself off the menu. Take yourself off the menu. Tell them, and you won't, you're not going to get me today. I'm not going to be a part of, of your meal today. I'm not going to be, you know, uh, I'm not going to allow you to tempt me and get me away from the thing of God and cause me to bring pain into my life. So the enemy trying to devour you. He wants to destroy you. So take yourself off the menu. Take yourself off the enemy's menu and say, you know what? I'm not going to be a part of your meal plan. Not me. I'm going to be a part of God's plan, not your meal plan. I'm going to do what God asked me to do. But I love what it says. It says resist him. Simple. You resist. Just like anything. You resist him. It's making it practical. Resist him. Stand firm in your faith. Stand firm in what you believe, no matter what the world says, no matter what culture says, no matter what your best friend says, 
your family said, you stand firm in your faith. Stand firm what you believe it with because it says, hey, know that the same believers throughout the world are undergoing the same thing. You're not, we're not, you're not in this by yourself. Everybody's going through the same thing. Every believer is going through the same temptation that you're going through. So understand that, hey, you're not alone because that's what the enemy will do. That's one of the tricks he'll play. He'll make you think that you're going through this all by yourself, that your situation is unique and nobody's going through the hurt and the heartache or nobody's going through that struggle or that thing that's tempting you, that's tempting you, that's pulling on your, on your flesh. He said, you'll make you think your situation is unique. No, everybody, you got, there's people that are going the same thing. But just like them, you got to stand on the word of God. Believe what the scripture says. And the last scripture tonight, uh, Galatians 5 and 16. Galatians 5 and 16, it says, walk by the spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. So notice it now. So what does that mean? What does it mean to walk by the spirit? Well, to walk by the spirit is to have a mindset that is in line with the word of God. That's what walking by the spirit means. The, the walking by the spirit means it's a mindset that's in line with the word of God. So if you have a mindset that's in line with the word of God, it says you will not gratify the desire of your flesh. You won't do it because if your mind is on the word of God, that's why you said you need God's word. Okay. If you know God's word and you stand on God's word and you believe God and you walk in God's word. Okay. Then you're not going to gratify the desire for it because your flesh has desires. Okay. Your flesh going to have desires. It's going to have, has cravings for things that are contrary to the word of God. So it's going to crave for those things. It's going to crave for you things. So it's going to tempt you, but it says walk in the spirit, have a mindset that's in line with God's word, know God's word, meditate on God's word, memorize God's word so that you don't gratify the desires of the flesh. This is how we do this. This is how we do this. And so we need to be declaring verses like these, like the ones that we just went over out loud, to help us make the right decision. So you speak these out loud. You know, whisper them to yourself. But hear, hear yourself say the things of God. Speak it out loud. Get by yourself honey, and, and meditate and declare the promises of God. We talked about last week, the promises of God. Speak them over your life. Speak the hey, I will not give in to sexual morality. I will not um, allow my mouth to dishonor God. Um, you know, when I'm tempted to cuss somebody out, I will not give in to that because I know God's not pleased with that. I, um, I will not, um, you know, go to work and, and cheat, you know, my co my, my, um, my job, um, not work the way I will not do these things. I won't give in to the appetites of my flesh. I know I want to do it. I know I feel like doing it, but you know what? I'm going to stand on God's word. I declare that as I said, I, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. You know what? Well, hey, it says here, um, you know what? The enemy comes to me. I'm going to resist you, resist them, and he's going to flee from me. 
those are the things you got to say out loud. Speak them over your life. And you may say, well, you know what? I spoke and it don't work. Well, you got to come constantly. See, a lot of times we just want to do things one time. I'm I'm guilty of that myself. They'll seem like, well, you know what? If I, I said it and if I don't see results like yesterday, then I give up. No, you got to continue to declare the promises and word of God over your life, even when you don't see it. As I said before, early in this series, you have to look at God's word as a bag of seeds. You're sowing seeds. And what do you do? You sow seeds and you water them. You sow seeds, you water them. I speak the word of God and then I release my faith. That's how you water it, by releasing your faith and standing on it. And don't quit. Don't give in. Even though I don't see it, I'm standing on it. And I declare you're going to see the manifestation of what you're speaking because the Bible said God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man he should repent. God's promise, it says in Corinthians, God's promises are yes and amen. His promise, God don't say no to his promises. He says, my promises are yes and amen. Whatever I said, I've already backed it up with the blood of Jesus and it is a finished work. So the clarity says, with God strengthening us, we can be courageous enough to overcome temptation. So this I want to declare, be courageous, have courage enough to stand on the truth. Be courageous enough to stand on God's promises so we can resist temptation, so we can stand on God, so we can stand firm, so we can show the world who Christ is through the life that we live. You can resist temptation. Okay, you can. I know you may not think you can, but you can resist temptation. God has given you, he's equipped you, he's used um, with everything that you need to resist temptation. And where is it at? It's in the word. It's in the word. Everything you need is in the word. Let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of you, God, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for those that are listening. I thank you for the strength to overcome every temptation, everything that the enemy throws us, God. We come against it right now in the name of you, in the life of the believers, of the people who are listening um, through this social media, through this social media platform. I thank you, God, that somebody's been healed and delivered and set free. That temptation that keeps taking them down, God, I thank you for giving them the fortitude and the strength to resist. God, I pray, God, that right now that they're declaring your word. And Satan, we break your hold on them. And then that's that temptation to smoke cigarettes. I come against that. I break that off of your life in the name of Jesus. And I speak deliverance to you right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I thank you for just delivering your people from every temptation. Thank you, God. Encourage us. Give us the courage to stand firm to resist the enemy when the enemy comes for us, that we let us know that we have the power and the authority to be able to stand against the wiles, the deceptions of the enemy. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, thank you for listening.
We will be back with you again next week on talking about why we need God's word. And we'll see you again next week. Once again, thank you and bye-bye.